0: This is Bruce. This is Trav This is Jonathan, but I'll be JT today. And our guest star is Jonathan. S- say hello, Jonathan. Hello, John.
1: Ah, uh, okay, there we go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast where, when you have a thirty-five foot tall giant with a laser rifle threatening you, you call him and raise him with a superdimensional fortress. This week, we are going to—and re and this, folks, this is something I've been wanting to do for two years, and we finally have the guests that I've wanted to do this with. Tonight, we have with us live on Podbean, the president and CEO and base chief cook and bottle washer of Battlefield Press out of Shreveport, Louisiana. He is also the co-author of RoboTest, a Macross Saga role-playing game for the Savage Worlds Adventure Edition. Mr. Jonathan M. Thompson, thank you for being here, Jonathan.
0: Okay. One uh, of the, now the knockback rules that you have on page one fifty four was that that's new to this game, right? Because I don't recall seeing that in Savage Worlds before. Is that the case, uh, Jonathan? I think
2: it's in else, you know, but, but I never.
0: I'm sorry, I can't understand you.
1: Yeah, Jonathan, you cut out a little. I
2: was trying to remember if it was else. Yeah, we well, hear. Can you repeat what you said, though?
0: Yeah, because I just did a I quick.
2: Said, um, uh, I said, "I'm uh, <laughs> not sure if it had appeared anywhere else or not." I'm trying to remember. Ah, okay,
0: okay. Uh, I mean, I just did a quick search uh, of the Savage Worlds Adventure Edition uh, PDF, and though they have rules for pushing people, if you're doing non-lethal or hand-to-hand combat, they don't have any rules for knockback, as in an explosion happens and you get thrown you know, uh, a couple, like a hundred hexes for something like that, okay? So that seems to me like something you guys added to the game with uh, with your rules under knockback on, I think it was page one, was it 145? Or...
2: Oh, yeah, the weapon quality?
0: No, it's a little later, yeah. Yeah, the very there was various things that you, yeah, weapon qualities, knockback, because I don't recall ever seeing that. And, of course, EMP was something I haven't seen in other games as well, so, um, so there's there's a lot of I know new, that's new, yeah. There's a lot of new qualities that um, that you gave in this game that haven't been in other ones. Uh, and again, I'm not familiar with all the different versions of Savage Worlds. I mean, I started off with just the uh, uh, oh, uh, I forget the version now. Um, the, the Explorer's uh, Edition? No, not the Explorer's Edition. It was the uh, Deluxe Edition. And okay, so, the
1: one before Adventure. Yeah.
0: Yeah and so uh you know they they uh they didn't they didn't have you know all you know a lot of that kind of stuff i mean mostly it was it was like you had your 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 uh, uh the you basically you had explosions you had uh gas uh you had uh, you know uh kinetic weapons like guns or or um people attacking and uh but other than that um it really wasn't uh there wasn't a whole lot of things like this, so it seems like you added a lot to the game by doing this, and I'm just wondering if if some of the players might want to just pick up, uh, even if they're not a huge fan of Robotech, if they might want to pick up this particular game for the purposes of grabbing some of these additional weapon types that uh, you introduced in here. So I just thought that might be something that they do. I, uh, Trav and I are both big fans of saying, okay, we're just... We're gonna go and draw upon all these different supplements and pull stuff in that we think you know really adds to our particular scenario that we're doing right now or a particular campaign that we're doing. So we yep, like Bruce, stuff that yep. we like stuff that Bruce, adds extra stuff.
1: Bruce, folders of folders. Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, yeah. I'm I'm trying not to talk about your uh, uh, I don't know the, the you know the 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 infinite planes of hell that you have yeah. on your laptop. <laughs>
1: No, Jonathan, what it was, when Bruce and I
2: first met... Going down.
1: Yeah, we he ran a game, and it was me, his son, our former fellow podcaster, John, and me. And I just showed Bruce, yeah, this is all the stuff I have. Folders, of folders of stuff, and more folders. And yeah, infinite levels of hell. We can call it that, too, sure. <laughs> but no, I mean, just these weapon qualities and Spaceship Rules. If you're not a fan of Robotech, yeah, I would see this being helpful in pretty much any other modern or futuristic Savage Worlds game you're running. So yeah, I would just see, yeah, just, oh yeah, I wanna add this to my weapon, okay, or I wanna, you know, do this particular type of attack or use this particular type of craft. And considering everything you guys put in here to fit the genre, they would be very useful in other games.
0: Yes, indeed.
2: I'm a big fan of of course wanting to do that from you know don't want to play our game but want to use the material from it I say feel free
0: well well well, thanks Jonathan Uh, the uh, if you having been like a primary designer for this uh, what you know, when you think about uh, the space genre, the post-apocalyptic genres that are out there, what you know, what is the place you see for Robotech? Okay, how does it? You know, what what is its niche in comparison to other ones that are out there? Because obviously, you wanted to do this project, so there must have been some, you know, other than to say, "Hey, I just want to do a Savage uh, Worlds edition of Robotech." What was the thing that you really wanted to bring out to new consumers, especially gamers who had who'd had never seen Robotech before and such?
2: It is a rich history. It's, I mean, there are you know a group of people that complain because of three different animes uh, linked together. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's having a little bit of a resurgence, and you know I want to kind of uh, show people that you know there was cool stuff out there before the expanse, but it's. cool. So you think the
0: expanse has helped popularize uh, Robotech?
2: I know the original group did. I mean, and we're still out here. And if we can get, you know, another group of people, younger group of people, into it, then we've done our job.
0: So, is there some place in particular for new players or new GMS who are wanting to play the Robotech game? would go to to get their questions answered that might be more specifically focused toward this particular game.
2: There is a Robotech uh, Savage World group. Ah,
1: yes, that's how that's where I found out about all this that Jonathan was doing this. And again, I'm there like Morty, taking the you know the sucker stick out of my mouth. You sob, I'm in, and just I've been following up. And Jonathan, I also love the cover art that you have set aside for the Masters and New Generation supplement the and the sentinels one both is it the same artist uh francisco Atcher?
2: no that artist is stephen cummins
1: oh, okay all right no still great work but yeah i i got in on this group so i've been following this for the past two years and of course people are oh look we found this ship from old records and it was in this episode and yeah so yeah it's just more robotech for me and i'm i enjoy the the robotech savage worlds group on facebook if, if you want to join in it, it's a public group and everything you know Obviously, follow the rules of groups. Don't do stuff you're not supposed to. But there's a lot of rich, deep cuts in this group for Robotech. And I noticed they fo- focus more on Robotech than like throwing in, oh, where well, there's this rule we can use from this supplement. I mean, yeah, it's for Savage Worlds, but I, I notice it's more, I'd say it's about 5% Savage World stuff and 95%. Oh, various things from Robotech and, you know, announcements Jonathan puts in the group and everything. So it's a cool group. Yeah, I enjoy it. I I haven't been I haven't been failed yet in the things I find in that group but I scrolled back and found a lot of cool stuff. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, on um uh on uh Reddit, uh there is uh I know that people do um uh, uh post questions to uh, uh R Savage Worlds. Also there's an R there's an R RoboTech RPG. Uh so but there's nothing specifically dedicated to Savage Worlds. Uh, Robotech but yeah you know, it's if you can't get your questions answered on on the Facebook group or if you decide not to engage in Facebook uh, there are some other options for you so feel free you know, please feel free to go there and and, and get your uh, your stuff because um, I know that, uh, that I mean it also shows up in other places like RRPG and other things like that but um Generally speaking, if you want to play this particular version of Robotech, then uh, it's going to uh, probably to go someplace where you have people who are willing to answer specific questions as to your benefit. All right. Um, uh, Travis, you have some more questions?
1: Oh, let's see here. I'm trying to see if there was anything else that, that really... I do like the Veteran of the Global Civil War uh, chart. And, of course, for those of you who don't know about Savage Worlds, one of the biggest, best tools you have for it is a deck of playing cards jokers inside so you can sit there and do this and it's uh yeah being a veteran of the last war is good news it means you survive players who choose this edge start at season rank with four advances And you pull a card to the deck and whatever you pull helps build your character a little more. Because let's see, the only people in Macross who were veterans of the global civil war were Global, Falker, and T.R. Edwards, who later got in the Sentinels uh, three episodes. So, yeah, it's like, let's say uh, an example. You pull a red nine, the temp. You were the guy who got assigned to be reassigned the moment you got there. You've been all around the world and know all sorts of people. Gain D6 in two languages and the I know a guy edge. However, not all your connections are friendly. Gain the enemy minor hindrance. So yeah, using the card deck, it'll help you give your character a little extra uh, background, especially if you're playing somebody who was in the Global Civil War and then, you know, they might be 40 years old plus and hence they do start off as a seasoned character. I like that. And yeah, basically you have, you know, like, well, 52 different options, you know, because that, last I checked, that's the number in a playing deck. So, yeah, I do well, like 50, that.
0: 54 if you include the jokers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But no, I looked that over and I'm like, Red Five, Beer Brawler. When the beer bottles start flying, your character is at home. You gain the brawler edge. However, all that time in bars has left you with the alcohol, habit, habit alcohol hindrance. Ooh.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's says, just- he says, you still fight? No, I can't drink like I used to. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wonder how that would work with Drunken Master.
1: <laughs> oh. See, and you can bring in, you know, a martial arts thing for Savage World. Throw that in there, yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think, is there anything, other things that truly caught my eye that I wanted to ask? Oh. You guys, yeah, you have the Zentradi character rules if you want to play a Zentradi in this. And it has the racial features and everything. They also allow you, if you wanted to play a full-size Zentradi. And I I was looking, wait a minute, okay, I'm seeing all this stuff for, you know, regular size, you know, micronian size Zentradi. And, oh, page 119. Okay, yes. And let's see, plus 8 to character size, height times 5, weight by 125. Yeah, that sounds about right. Eight die types to their strength. Ouch. Quadruples their pace and adds two die types to the running die. Plus four to intimidate, but minus four to any other kind of social role with Micronians. Yeah. And being in the various disadvantages. I don't, yeah, know why the girl,
0: I don't know why the girls don't like me.
1: Yeah, let's see. Being that big has a number of disadvantages. Subtract the difference in side levels from roles involving fine control or small detail. Yeah. Also, needless to say, stealth goes out the damn window. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know. If you're big enough, they might not look up.
1: <laughs> well, no, it's the whole thing like like in one of the Transformers movies, Prime's are hiding behind a skyscraper.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm saying is that if you know, if you're standing there not moving, okay? And people come walking through, they might very well just walk literally right underneath you and never realizing that those huge stanchions, you know, that are on either side Of the uh, of the walkway are actually your legs.
1: Yeah. Wait a minute. Why do these columns have pants? Oh my lord. Yeah. No, you're rolling the wild die. You're rolling the the exploding die on that stealth roll. If you can pull that off, folks. Just yeah. Oh. Let's see. Or
0: or maybe in a performance check. (laughs)
1: That okay. That too. I'm being a mine. I'm a tree. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Trying to see if there's anything else here. While Jonathan is here to ask. (laughs) we get like this jonathan every two weeks just yeah um well see here folks i i've known jonathan oh god brother how long we known each other like 10 years at least jonathan at
2: least
1: yeah and and i
2: met what but at least yeah
1: and so when i would go down to gen con he'd be down there hawking whatever and so i finally got to meet him and i was like oh cool you know And just because I was down there with Habibi and she wants to wake up at the crack of noon, I never got to have lunch with Jonathan. So it's like, it's like, "Ah!" (laughs) just our timing was always off. And of course, he's down in Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm up here in suburban Detroit. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, don't apologize, man. No, no, it's a, no. It's entirely no. your
0: fault. that you're, you're at the other side of the, of the, of the yeah, other, yeah, other yeah, country. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I was
2: apologizing for him.
1: Oh, oh Okay. Here, <laughs> all righty. Here we go. Wow.
2: Just saying what we're all thinking.
1: So. Yeah, you hush. <laughs> or like, first says, "Shut up."
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, hey, but but we, we don't want to hear your you know your bedroom talk.
1: Well, hey, 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 (laughs) Jonathan. This is my cross to bear, and the thing is, I keep answering the damn Skype call. Anyways,
2: so you only have yourself to blame. That's
1: that's right,
0: glutton for punishment. Yeah, indeed. Um, Hey, four campaigns. That says it more than anything else.
1: Yeah, yeah, I. Yeah, well, no, Jonathan Oh, what was it? Jonathan, you asked me if 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 I can help play. Te- what was it? Cityscape for the Pathfinder. I think you offered me. Yeah, would you like to play? Te- I'm like, dude, I run four separate biweekly campaigns. I don't have the time. <laughs> I thank I, I thank you again for you know. Asking me that, but I'm just like I barely have time to plan these four campaigns. I'm going to throw right. in another one. I'd have to cancel
0: something. All right. Well, yeah. well speaking of that, Jonathan, uh, what uh, campaigns are you playing in or possibly running?
2: Right now, I am running uh, Gaslight Victorian Fantasy.
0: Oh, okay. So, oh, what, yeah. what would be the uh, uh, the actual time period? Like, what you know, what what range of, of years, decades, would that be?
2: The campaign uh, book uh, goes from. 1840
0: to 1901.
2: Okay, and but our group started in 1888, but we're now in uh, 1891. Okay,
0: so. and you're the GM. Is uh, yeah. is this is this solely your responsibility? Ah, how long have you been doing this? Six years. Wow, that is a long campaign. For a campaign, wow.
2: It um we rotate through games because I'm, I'm I have really bad. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh no, what was the one campaign you told me you were in that I was just like you, son of a? Oh, it was that pulp era Forgotten Realms campaign.
2: Oh, the one I was um, I was putting together.
1: Yeah, and you've got
2: in, and and and
1: this guy's got like some big names that he was playing with. And I mean, I I wanted to say Mensner, I think was in it or something like that. Nope. But you had some pretty big names, I do recall, and I'm just like, oh, I can't you know, join. Just... That's okay, because I'd just be fangirl squeeing the entire time. Just I would have been embarrassing. Just But yeah, it was a pulp-era Forgotten Realms campaign, and I'm just like, oh, the damage that could be done in that campaign. Oh, it'd be a thing of beauty. Oh, yes. <laughs> How did that campaign turn out, or did it ever happen, or what, what happened with it?
2: We never got it
1: off the ground. Oh, jeez. That's too bad. Oh. No, because it I I just with the the prospect of it would have been glorious, especially the the people he had. A lot of it's like three or four names that I knew. I had their stuff on my shelves and I'm like, "What? <laughs> you have who in your game?" Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see what um
2: Yeah, that doesn't even bother me anymore. <laughs>
1: I I still get a little you know, because Bruce worked extensively with Rich the Hulk. Uh, Me, a little less so, but I mean I, I headlined the Bureau 13 OGO project and Bruce headlined the Fringeworthy one and so, yeah, I mean he and I, I know we've met our share of fellow game designers in, you know, the decades that he and I have been doing this and just you're throwing these names out and again, I forget now what they were, but I was just like, oh my lord just, yeah <laughs> I remember the first time I went to uh, when I, the year I first met you 2012, I went to the ENNIES. you know, uh, for those of you who don't know out there, the ENNIES are like tabletop role playing's Oscars. You have best source book, best campaign book, best setting, best writer, all that type of stuff, uh, best artists. And I'm sitting there with our former fellow podcaster Blix and Dr. Nick Palmer of Panic Productions, and I'm sitting on my hands because I know. Just and Blix, like, are you about to fangirl? Shut up, Nick Sloane. No, he's about to fangirl. <laughs> I'm like, dude, there are people here that I recognize. Their stuff is on my shelves and in my laptop. Oh my god, <laughs> Blix, like, don't scream like a girl. I said, I'm trying not to, dude. Yeah. So yeah, it's still a little heady for me to meet certain people in the industry, and just I'm like, oh my
2: god, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd so think- yeah, it. The thing about that for me is when I hear from somebody and whatever name it is that, you know, I've been following for, you know, for years is going, Hey, I love your stuff. Kind of makes me want to faint right there. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no.
1: I, one of my gamers in a con game actually asked me for the autograph. And I think, two. and I'm 52 years old and that, the most surreal moment ever. Yeah. Could you autograph it? I'm like, dude you know me we are on facebook i know your aunt liz come on it's like no no would you autograph this for me i'm like okay and just it's like my hand just could not sign my name and write trap and just i'm like come on you're embarrassing me here (laughs) so no it can be surreal when you get props for the stuff you've done especially from people who are as i said you're their stuff lines your shelves and fills your laptop. Yeah.
2: I know when um, when I started gaming 40 years ago, I had no idea that the people whose stuff I was buying would be people that I would know personally and that my stuff would sit on my shelf near theirs.
1: Oh, no. It, it's weird that you can sit there and call them contemporaries. Yeah. Um, in twenty late 2017... Uh, we had a con up here called Continuum, and Bruce was up here at that con because it was the final memorial for Rich to Hulka. and I got to meet Robert Sadler, one of the co-creators of the Morrow Project,
0: and, and I, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. also you know uh, uh, the, the the very early Tritac,
1: yeah. And I'm just there, sir, and he's like, yeah. I said I was a friend of employee of Rich's. My name, you know, Robert Pulaski, Trav... Yeah, I think I've heard him mention you. Yeah, I'm like, and in my mind, I'm like, oh my God. You know, yeah, just, it, it, he yeah, knows yeah, who
0: uh, I, I am.
1: I, yeah, exactly. I, 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 I can go now. Yeah, yeah, you know, just I can retire. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. But no, it, it's weird being in the industry. And as I said, Bruce, me, you, Jonathan, decades, we have published stuff. And then you get that pop from somebody you've been following for 30 years. And yeah, any semblance of just dignity goes right out the window. Just, yeah. <laughs>
2: oh, my God.
1: Yeah, just, yeah. And and so you've been, you've been, when did you start gaming, Jonathan? Uh,
2: 1980, 81, somewhere in there.
1: I was 11, 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. So, no, you, you decades easily. Yes. Um, okay. What was your first system?
2: D&D. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, first um, or second? First edition? First. First. I lived over at the time, and that was all we had. I didn't even know any. It was another two years before I knew another version ever, another game ever existed.
1: Like Traveler or what have you. Yeah, yeah. Well, because, yeah, let's see. Tri-Tacky started, Rich started that 82, 83, and that's when he brought out the original Bureau 13 Frenchworthy Incursion. Yeah, so yeah, Richest Stuff wouldn't have been on the market for another three, four years.
2: It wasn't until about 84, maybe, 85, that I found that other games existed because I lived in Asia for three years. And then I lived- Ah,
1: okay. Hmm. Learns- oh, wait man! I think you did At mention you lived in Asia. Here,
2: yeah. So, it was, uh, I started going to the stores here and I'm going, oh, I never heard of this before. And, you know, by that point, my shelves were starting to be with D D stuff so which you know i still play and i still love the oh game. yeah
1: oh there are just times you got to go and visit the classics it's just if, if only to just see okay this is how it all started but you get the nostalgia you start remembering all the old gaming stories and all the the inside jokes i have my original group from 35 years ago granted 3 of them have as they say in babylon 5 gone past the veil but oh no you look at old games and stuff and you're seeing i mean you you hear the old jokes and the old scenarios and the goofy stuff that you you and your players did back then and just you're thinking i wouldn't let my people get away with this crap now <laughs> my gamers tried this i'd you need to go you know just yeah but yeah seeing those old games brings back memories good and some bad because you also remember how you started out playing in game mastery so yeah jonathan i'm sure if you you keep in contact with your original gamers they will let you know hey remember that time you rolled the nat one and this happened you're just like dude
2: <laughs> well my original ones i don't but the ones i had in high school um two of them have um, have passed so
1: yeah, yeah, that that's the thing. It's like over the past seven years I lost my the three oldest gamers in my group and just here's the sick thing. We we met up with the last one passed away. They're all looking at me because I'm the oldest. I'm like, don't even don't don't even go there. Just go back to eat your meal here in the bowling alley. Yeah. Um but yeah, going back and seeing those old games and then the stuff that not only you you've done, but your contemporaries have done you see how the industry has evolved as far as what we can think of, the rules we can do, what's available to us. And that's something else cool to see I've noticed. And and I'm sure, Jonathan, there's something else that I know that you have been through, looking at your older work and looking at stuff that you've done now and alternating between, I've grown a lot. I've matured a lot as a game designer and I can't believe this crap got published. I'm sure you've looked through that and probably felt that.
2: Funny you should say, Okay. The original City State book, that was our first one. And I'm kind of going, who let this crap out? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah. Well, no, it's funny because I told you I, I ran that setting a lot over like three years and like you're like one of six people who use that. <laughs> so was decent stuff. I adapted to what I need. It worked out. What? <laughs> Thank you for you know, publishing it. Yeah. Who let this crap out? You look, oh, wait a minute, my name's at the top of the credits, damn
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of that uh, Now that you've published uh, the uh, Robotech Savage Worlds edition uh, Are there any plans for any expansions or such? Is there going to be a macross? we've uh,
2: We've got a New Generation Masters expansion coming and a uh, Sentinels Shadow Chronicles expansion coming. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just heard me go, oh, yeah. yes. Any,
0: anything, yeah. a, any love for the Southern Cross? I'm not quite sure which where that would fit in.
2: That's in the, the his, uh, Master Cross, et
0: cetera, New Generation. Okay. Oh, no, because out, out of Robotech, I noticed
1: that the Southern Cross just doesn't get the love. Yeah. That's the least favorite out of the three... Original arcs that were th- thrown together by Carl Masek. Yeah. Uh, what? Okay. Here. Here's a question. Okay. It, uh, combining the two, combining Masters and New Generation and Sentinels oh. and Shadow Chronicles. Uh, what to double them up like that? What What was the th- thinking behind doubling up each of those?
2: Time. That
1: works too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the um, we weren't certain about the state of our license the time we put those together, and so I had promised to go through the entire saga, so I figured this was the best way to do it.
0: Okay. all right. Do you have any, um, any uh, words of advice for anybody who wants to produce a Savage Worlds edition of anything?
2: Talk to uh, Pinnacle, and uh, tell them what you want, and see if they approve it.
0: But I mean, besides getting permission, I mean, is there anything in particular that you need to place s- a special attention to versus, let's say, a, a product for any other game system.
2: Um, I wouldn't think so. I mean, I'm, but after about ten years, you know, I, I just make sure you stay within the, um, the framework. Don't try to make it uh, overly complicated because you think that if you think it's too simple, then it's probably not the game okay
1: all right because
2: yeah i mean
1: savage worlds has that compatibility license like you know ogl and all that so yeah it's like oh you get the property savage worlds throw it together yeah um it's not ogl but
2: it, you have yeah to- yeah
1: yeah yeah no i i get you but I, it's something similar that you have you you can take a property or come up with an idea go to pinnacle and say i'd like to do this they say yay or nay and then you do it um okay uh, let me let me try to ask a different question at Bruce's. Any advice for just starting something like this? Just, just becoming a tabletop game designer? Yeah,
2: find something else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs>
0: that is pretty harsh.
1: Yeah. Well but- I, I didn't ex I didn't expect, you know, the role my role playing RPG designer brother from another mother. I didn't expect him to lie. I wanted him to bring truth to power. Okay.
0: <laughs> right. But I, w- I will agree that, you know, if you are actually planning on doing something, you know, where you're actually going to like commit to putting stuff down on paper and having other people look at it, uh, you better be doing something that you, that, I mean, unless this is your career, you know, and you're you're a old seasoned, you know, uh hand it. I would say it has to be something you really love because it's so much harder to do. You know, having produced three supplements for Bureau thirteen, having, you know, done Bureau thirteen Sourcebook, I mean Fringe you know, Fringeworthy and all the other games that evolve with TriTag, I can tell you that it is hard to uh you know to To work through the details, to maintain, to keep to a schedule, to maintain um, connections, to be a big, be a big cheerleader not only for yourself but for everybody else who's on the team. So, I'm just saying, is is that you know, if, you know, you it's really you know, it's really best if you love it. And if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to this because you you know have a an interest in in robotech or you want to see whether or not you as a savage worlds gm or player would be able to you know g- capture some of the things that you liked about robotech and i'm saying is that you know first of all make sure that you actually do like robotech and if you do then i think you'll find a lot here in this book to uh to To l- allow you to equip you and uh, to do, you know, adventuring in the Robotech universe. Uh, when I looked at this game with the uh, the pages and all the equipment in it and things like that, uh, I could tell that it was a love letter to the players, to the, the the fans of Robotech. And I especially appreciated at the very end where they said. There's other things you can do with this game besides just get into close combat between mechs, and they went on to expl- uh, talk about some of the other things that could be done. And I really appreciate that one section because I know that for a lot of people, they get into various games and you know that, that claim to be role playing games, but then all they do is basically something that they could be doing in a uh, a video game. You know, uh, because there are Robotech video games, right, Trev?
1: Oh yeah, I mean there. Oh God, I forget what system, but the one I remember, and the one that one of my now late former fellow gamers had was Robotech Battle Cry. I think it was an Xbox game. Okay, it wasn't
0: bad. Yeah, right. But the point is, is that if all you want to do is bash, you know, mechs against each other, video games probably will do them better because they're all it's all you know computerized for you, and you just have to like move things around. You know, role playing games are about the people and about the setting and about you know trying to you know get past. Uh, figure figure novel ways past challenges and things like that, and that's where role playing games come alive. And I think that, uh, and that's why I said I appreciate the fact that they said you know there's more stuff to do with this product than just bash, uh, you know, uh, Robo against each other. And uh, so I just wanted to thank you that for that, Jonathan. That was, I appreciate that 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 one piece more than anything else that I read. So uh, so thanks. Uh, Trav, got got anything else? Uh,
1: no. I'm I'm looking through this okay. and all the questions that yeah, we 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 slayed the subject here. I mean, okay. I'm,
0: well, I think I think we we we've, we've uh, burdened poor Jonathan enough then <laughs> with trying to answer questions that he has to put on he has to put on his thinking cap and think back a couple of years. Uh, the well,
2: yeah, uh, and see, part of the issue is is that for the last six or eight months. I've been working almost solely in
1: five E. Ah, so you had to get back into a savage world's mindset. Oh, yeah. See, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, we, we want uh, we want to thank you, Jonathan, for coming on to our our uh, our podcast and uh, giving us the you know, the insights that you've been able to. Uh, we, we I think we uh, can say that we like your product. Yeah, I, I liked what I read. Uh, it did seem to mesh very well with the product that I watched, so uh, I hope that there are a lot of people out there using your product and more in the future and uh, I may and maybe uh, Trav here will uh, uh, take up the gauntlet at some point in the future when he gets tired of the other four campaigns he's running. <laughs> Oh no! I've, I've said I've wanted to start doing
1: a Savage Worlds game. This is in the top three settings. I, I've got the like the Flash Gordon setting and Savage Rifts. It will probably be one of those three, and it, this one got in the top three because one, I love Robotech. Two, I really do enjoy Jonathan Thompson's work. I've been you know have you know using it for years, and just yeah, it's like okay, Robotech. Yes, his work. That's just you know as they say, sauce on the goose, you know, just, you know, tops the cake, so to speak. So thank you for putting this out, sir.
2: So one more thing about it that we are going to launch in probably mid January, a Kickstarter for a limited run of the offset print of all three books. Ooh. Ooh. Okay.
0: I don't understand. What, what would you get as a result?
2: It's, um, a lot of people don't like uh, print-on-demand. This is a, basically, we are sending it to a traditional printer to have printed a limited number for, for those people, basically. Oh, well, ah. that's, that's
0: great. Super. Well, that's great. Uh, okay, so,
1: Trav, take us out. All right. Robotech, a Macross Saga sourcebook for the Savage World System, co-authored by Mr. Jonathan M. Thompson. Is a worthy addition to the Robotech role playing game in all its various incarnations. It brings many new facets to the Savage Worlds game. And it also allows, again, I'm raising my hand here, longtime fans a new, fresh look at this 35 year old property that has attained worldwide attention. Of course, you can check out this product and all of other of Jonathan's other products at and what would be your URL, sir?
2: Go to check them out on
1: DriveThru.com com. Okay, do you have your own site for Battlefield Press?
2: Uh, we got hit with a DNS attack a couple years ago and it's been the last thing on my list to fix
1: Okay, so your stuff is is through com. Okay, that's fine. They're a great site Heck, I probably put the owner's kids through school with it Uh <laughs> But no, this product is a worthy addition to both Robotech role-playing games and the Savage Worlds system with many new facets, new ideas, new concepts that you can use in other Savage Worlds games. We've, we've determined that. Stuff about ships and weapons and combat and new edges can all be thrown into your Savage Worlds game as is. Again, Jonathan, thank you, sir, for attending this to being here tonight. Thank you very much, brother. Just thank you.
2: You're welcome.
1: All right. And we will have more for all of you next week. But until then,
0: this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them.
1: And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun.
0: Gaming on the frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts.